Sorry about that. <laughs> All right, this is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> we have a fantastic guest, uh, Diana Jones. How are you, Diana? Doing great. <laughs> so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm sorry about the music. I had it a little bit too loud. Oh, that's awesome. It's uh, yeah. It's Diana Jones. Tune, yeah. You are a... Um, a young actress, and uh, you are relatively new here in the Bay Area, but I have a feeling that uh, you will be very, very busy because uh, we need, you know, uh, oh. women of color on the stage. And she's been doing fantastic. I, I got to meet her through Play Cafe, and ah, we've fantastic. done a few reads together. It's been, it's been pretty amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, Play Cafe is fantastic. Diana, how are you doing? Doing wonderfully. Um, that's a, a really uh, generous introduction, Norman, <laughs> that I'm fantastic and wonderful and such. <coughs> Reg, I'm not so young, but I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, it's nice to be called young, but I'm not one of those women who is afraid of aging. I actually Yay. Good. I'm grateful to mm-hmm. be getting older and wiser. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the theater keeps us young. I mean, yeah. you know, we've had this conversation about you turning 60, Norman. And, and I, I embrace <laughs> the word old. I have no problem with it. So. <laughs> but many, many people will tell you you don't even look. I know. I realize that I have once again shot myself in the foot because <laughs> I have producers saying to me, I just didn't realize how old you are. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> Every time I have heard that, what's happened is the next time I've auditioned for them, they've said, oh, well, you know, you're a little older than this character. And it's like, oh, the character who is as old as you thought I was, that character, I'm now too old for that character because you know how old I am. Yeah, <laughs> but I also but am at the point where I mm-hmm. just my my capacity for caring yeah. just keeps shrinking. Age discrimination. I mean, it cuts both ways. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you want the young role. Well, we want any role. Period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sometimes you know you age out of the young roles, right. and sometimes you're still not old enough, or you know, according to a uh, casting person. For the older roles. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've heard it my whole career. <laughs> Norman, wasn't the first uh, reading that I did with you one in which you played my father? Yeah. And I, <laughs> I think I was... But you played a teenager, <laughs> I think. Yeah. 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 yeah, see? There you go. Yeah. And uh, as I uh, start... Well, we've been we've been away for a couple of weeks. No uh, <laughs> Because you've been busy. So how, how has it been busy. for you? It's been busy. Um, I, I came out of my birthday season and straight into rehearsals. And, and we go... Into tech next weekend mm-hmm. for Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah, um, so that's taking up a lot of my energy, and, and then I also, I have been in the habit of like I haven't had a regular day job since '98. Lucky, mm-hmm. lucky man. No <laughs> hustle, hustle no? man, working hard man. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and that means I have often had days where I will have three, sometimes four jobs in a day. Um, you know that old joke about how many jobs. Yeah, no, I I've done it, and it's sort of normal for me. And I've gotten to the place where I make more money, so I don't do that as often. But this week I had one of those days, and it was insane. I started at nine a, nine a.m. in Hayward, drove to San Francisco to teach a couple of classes at School of the Arts, mm-hmm. drove to Newark to do a market research thing that when I signed up for it. I didn't know what my rehearsal schedule was, and I didn't have any of those other, other commitments. Mm-hmm. And then from there to Milpitas to rehearsal. Wow. I went into rehearsal, and I just <laughs> – I went in, grabbed a chair, put it down next to the table, put my stuff down, laid my head down on the mm-hmm. table, waited for them to ask me to do stuff. And then they ended up letting me go almost two hours early, yeah. and I felt bad because I know they were looking at him and going – 
we are, you know, you're 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 useless today. Yeah. One thing I was going to ask you, I mean, is about, is about age as well. But how do you find the energy? I mean, for my, my s- energy hasn't changed much. One of the, and so one of the greatest things that's happened this week is mm-hmm. I went to the physical therapist, mm-hmm. um, which I've been doing now for over a year. I, I didn't realize it. There's a young intern I'm dealing with right now, mm-hmm. and he said, "Well." When's the last time we did an assessment? And he looks through my record and he says, we did it over a year ago. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let's do the assessment. Mm-hmm. I'm in better shape. I'm feeling great. Um, and I came up, something came up, and I was like, well, I've been taking naps my whole life. And when I was a young man, and people would say stuff about that, I'd be like, what's wrong with a nap? I like a nap. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, I have taken naps. I have always <laughs> taken naps. So yeah. now I just feel like they're a really necessary part of life. Mm-hmm. And those days when I can't do it, those are hard days. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, at that and I'm having to – because of physical therapy, I'm, mm-hmm. I have a little workout routine. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a person who's avoided exercise. I don't believe in it. Don't mm-hmm. like it. Don't, don't believe, believe in it. it. I don't. <laughs> you know what I think it is? I like running. I think running is the equivalent of a fire extinguisher. Oh. It's there in case of emergency. <laughs> I love running. <laughs> Use that. Well, somebody's got to do yeah. it, but me. not me. You know, I thought about jogging, and then I heard that uh, the individual who sort of started the craze died of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think while running. So yeah, I was James like, okay. Fix. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember that. Yeah. No, 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 no. So I don't know where my energy comes from, honestly. I've always just had the energy. I'm now just thinking. Now, I've given myself permission. Going over 60, like, okay, maybe I can give myself a more of a reserve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe I can save a little <laughs> extra energy because I might need it tomorrow. Scaling back. Or next week. Just, just so a little. Just a little. Just mm-hmm. not setting myself up. That Wednesday thing, I hope, is the last time in my life that I do that again. Because mm-hmm. that is just too much. I would rather say, ooh, I've got this really well-paying job mm-hmm. in the morning. And I'm going to cancel everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, y'all, but i got to cancel. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm much more likely to do that um, because I just – I'm not a young man. Running around like that I is know, crazy. I know. That's why I asked you. <laughs> and, you know, because you have your theater life, plus you have, you know, let's say the little gigs that you have, like mm. the um, – where modeling. you, yeah, the modeling thing. Plus Which I'd like to continue doing. Oh, yeah, yeah I can oh, tell yeah. you more about modeling. <laughs> modeling is great. Bay Area Models Guild, we have um, auditions on December 8th, I think. Oh. And it's a great, huh. great, great. I, I, should, I should try to check that out. Yeah. I don't have the bod like yours. You, you know? do. <laughs> no, that's what people don't understand. What models are, what models for art classes yeah. are, are real oh. people who look like real people so yeah. that they can learn how to draw. Otherwise, they'll just do anime forever. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> but if you want to make it look like this kind of a character or that kind of character, which is the world, yeah. that's what they're learning. Huh. So it's, and you know, you, you learn to park your ego. Mm-hmm. I mean, this summer I got a bit of a gut. Oh my God! Every class, oh, every class, it was drawn. Right now. <laughs> it was, oh, it's yeah. gone down a little, and I'm working to get it even farther down. I, I actually want. I, you you know, want to see the six I want six packs. In the I want six we packs. Don't we? Don't we all? <laughs> but I, it was, I knew it because <laughs> they would draw it, and I was like, "Come on, y'all! Seriously, but they don't know that it's young people learning how to draw the body. Yeah. So they yeah. do. No, I. Yeah, energy. <coughs> I don't know. I. I want to have more energy to do the things that I want to do. Right. Well said. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm aiming now. It's like, okay, do I need to save a little bit of energy? Because I am like, mm-hmm. I am going to go to the alley after we do this. Mm-hmm. What's the alley? So if you haven't eaten and you want to go. Okay. I, I will uh, consider we'll that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> think um, but it's funny you mentioned just the body the issue. The alley is a local bar. Oh. Um, uh, they do where, piano where? bar mm-hmm. oh. and they have a restaurant. 
I think on I Grant read about ha- this on Grant place. Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was thinking. It's funny. Uh, we're entering, you know, the holiday season, and you know, mm-hmm. there are Christmas holiday things going on now, and. I get frustrated with advertising because advertising, right. you always see these wonderful, perfect people right. who have all these immaculate houses. I always say to myself, okay, who is the market for this? You know, obviously, they're not talking to me because mm-hmm. I don't have any friends. I think you may be one of the few friends I have who actually owns a house. Right. Everyone's renting and, you know. And, and, I don't, and even I don't own it. Technically, I don't own it. Mara yeah. owns it. Right, right, exactly. So – I'm like, you know, these. Uh, I just wonder how commercials can be sort of disruptive in our lives because we compare ourselves. Well, to it's these funny images. that you mentioned that because that's the other thing that's been happening. Mm-hmm. So I got an agent, right? Right on. Congrats. And she's trying to get me on the casting network because mm-hmm. if you have an agent, then you don't have to pay. <laughs> if otherwise, they ding you for every little thing. Hmm. You can't get access to anything without getting charged by these people. So I was like, well, I'd rather get an agent anyway because any of the real projects that come around here, a lot of the real projects that come around here, want to go through agencies. So let me get an agent. So I got my agent. Well, she's been bugging me about photos, getting photos. So, and then, you know, getting the right clothes for the photos. She's trying to get a commercial look. Mm -hmm. So, and we've gone, we've talked about this actually a little bit on here. Mm -hmm. And um, what I've come to realize, and where she's right, is there's that commercial look. Now, when you think about it, you don't really remember what those people look like specifically because they don't really look like much of anything. They (laughs) just are very neutral. They're kind of a mom, kind of a boss, kind of a taxi driver, kind of a whatever. Even even like the skaters and people like that, kind of, that's what they are. It's very neutral, yeah. Um, But it's all, yeah, it's all based so that the product is the thing that sticks in your memory, not Mm -hmm. the pretty girl, not the guy. The product. Mm-hmm. That's what they want you to remember. Unless you become a spokesperson, that's what they want you to remember. So she's trying to groom me so I can get this commercial look. Mm-hmm. And she's not ready to put my picture up until we have it. And I'm just frustrated mm-hmm. because the thing I've learned from her is that I'm a character actor. I'm like, oh, my God, I am so a character actor. I really do not want to care about how I look. Mm-hmm. You know, I put, I try to put together a nice outfit, but... It's so that I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's my number one. I want to be comfortable. Yeah. And I'd like it to look nice. And some days I dress up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't but I care. mean, for, um, you know, having known you for such a long time, you don't wear a lot of brand, brand names. It's not like uh, I hate it. With, yeah. Yeah. I hate it. It's not me. Yeah. But I have to look like I could do that mm-hmm. in order to get those jobs. And I'm like, well, I want the job. Mm-hmm. So, so that's. Who's your stylist? I don't have one. I'm about to. I have a friend who yeah. used to do makeup and wigs for uh, Cal Shakes, and I'm about to ask her if I. So I keep this woman keeps bugging me about photos, and she's just so critical about every little thing. And I'm like, I'm not a photographer. Mm-hmm. I'm an actor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a photographer. <laughs> um, so stop bugging me about this, Jesus. And if we had it, there would be a stylist mm-hmm. there. If we were doing a photo shoot that was about clothes, there'd be somebody there making sure every little thing looked nice. Mm-hmm. That's not me. Yeah. Stop yeah. making me do this job that I hate. But you know costume designers, right? From I do, but I but my point is mm-hmm. just to get her to agree to getting me a photo shoot, I had to send I had to go buy a clothes. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Send yeah. her pictures of mm-hmm. me in the clothes. I'm standing at Coles taking uh-huh. pictures <laughs> yeah. in the dressing area to show her this and calling her and saying, Do you have that? Oh wait, it's still loading on her computer. I don't know, she's on dial up or something. <laughs> okay. And and finally she agreed. Finally. 
So hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can we do it on Halloween? She said, oh. I said, you know, that's a day where everybody else is planning on the evening. Mm-hmm. If I could get in there during the day and get this photo shoot done, I'd be done. And that would make me so happy. Can we please do this so I can start going out on some real auditions? Mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> Sorry, that's my rant for this week. Well, I mean, hey, well, these, are good, these are good problems to have. <laughs> it's fascinating mm-hmm. to be in that situation because nobody teaches you this stuff. Right. That's how exactly to, right. How to headshot. How to any <coughs> of that. And there are people who will teach you. Yeah. They'll take your money to teach you. I've been through those. Yeah. 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 No, Bits and pieces of it, I think, actually make sense. But you put it in a really good way when you were talking about, like, the commercial look and it just being kind of something. Right. Um, and I think something that I've experienced is uh, it's really important to work with a photographer who makes me feel comfortable and right. who will listen to me. And right. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I I think I'm a decent-looking lady and I can look pretty, mm-hmm. but I'm not a supermodel. And so I think unless you're a supermodel, you're not going to be able to work with just any photographer and you're right. going like, to just look gorgeous. So, I mean, for me, it's been about, like, building a rapport and actually having someone who I feel like will hear me and give me ideas, but then also listen to what I have to say. Right now, that super yeah. photographer is my boyfriend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, he's, if he can do it, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. You know, Colin Hussey, our good friend of right, ours, yes. and of course he's been on the show. Right. The power of the photographer, and especially because you know, he's also done, he's not only done photographs for me, headshots, but also he's done. I hadn't sh- thought about Colin. <clears throat> yeah, but he's also like uh, when we did Four Men in Paris. Right. You know, the, photogra- sh- the photographs that we did shots, for the publicities, yeah. mm-hmm. that was the thing that sort of sold the show. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, you really don't realize how powerful that is when they understand right. your vision right. and what you want. You're absolutely right, Diana. You know, you have to have someone who really understands who you are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about their vision of you. It's your vision because you're the one who has to put your headshots out there yeah. and give right. it to folks. Well, you're going to make me happy, though, because I've been setting this up, and if it doesn't go well, I will. I'll go to Colin mm-hmm. because I know, I, I one, I know he'll give me a good rate, mm-hmm. um, and I'll say, dude, can we do this kind of on spec? Mm-hmm. Can, I mean, I'll pay you, but can we do this with the understanding that I'm trying to get this to my agent? If she says yes to it, then I will pay you whatever the going rate is happily. Mm-hmm. And he does a good job, but she won't. Yeah. But she won't let me go to another photographer. She oh. has somebody that she's trying oh, to line I me see. up with, and I'm like, yeah. okay. But if I'm not happy with it, then and you're doing this on Halloween. I don't know. That oh. was one of the dates I gave her because yeah. I know that one of the things we're going to have to do is I'm going to have to shave, oh. and I, well, I need to shave for the show. I think I, I'm going to ask tomorrow, but mm-hmm. um, we have a customer coming for Midsummer tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask if I should shave for the show. I assume I should. Well, you're going to be a lady too, right? Right. Yeah. A bearded but lady. we're doing some. Well, we're doing some some switch gendered stuff mm-hmm. that might make that interesting. So I'm I'm not trying to decide for them. I'm just going to ask. But I'm assuming I'll need to shave, mm-hmm. which means I can't do the whiskers for the shots. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I really want. Shots with whiskers. We can have clean face. That's fine mm-hmm. for all those people who want to think I'm mo- so much younger. Yes, we can have the <laughs> clean face, yeah. just a little bit of salt and pepper on the top, and go. Mm-hmm. But I want the full-on gray mm-hmm. <laughs> so that I can try to get some work in that field because that would make me happy. Yep. yep. Happiness uh, matters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. It's all like I said, these to, be, are, to be continued. Th- these, <laughs> are g- these are good problems to have. So there have been um, current events. I've got a great big list. 
because we've been we've been away for a yeah. while. Of course, some stuff has happened. Impeachment, you know, that is still going on. Uh, I don't know any highlights or whatever, but um, Giuliani apparently he butt dialed someone and his people could hear his conversations. Oh right, multiple. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, like an NBC person or something, a reporter. Wow. Yeah, he butt dialed a reporter, and they could hear him talking about all this stuff that we're that's, yeah. <laughs> that they're all investigating. Right, now. exactly. What I found interesting about the impeachment. So Trump is asking. So it, it works the same way as sort of a court of law. And I work with the, for the DA's office, mm-hmm. where if you're given a subpoena, basically there is no choice. I mean, you can go to jail if you don't adhere to the subpoena. But there are individuals who have been subpoenaed. And they work for the Trump administration, and Trump has said, don't, don't go. Mm-hmm. So they're going to the judge to say, hey, listen, I've got my boss that says I don't, they don't want me to testify, right. but yet I've got the subpoena. So who wins over that? Right. So it's fascinating. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's making so many mistakes, Trump is. He, he's going to get himself in trouble. I didn't think that, you know, when, when we heard, first heard the impeachment talks, mm-hmm. I said, well, this may be just a wet dream for the Democrat Party. <laughs> right. But now we're getting some serious, serious some substantial stuff, yeah. stuff that is clearly no question of yeah. it illegal. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fascinating as it goes on. Yeah. Diana, do you have any thoughts about just Trump and living in the age of Trump and all that stuff? Uh, thoughts um, about Trump. Um, well, I try to think of him very little, um, as in I would like to cut this because <laughs> I'm tongue-tied. No, I just, no, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not something... I have a life to live, and I do my best to be a kind person in the midst of all of yeah. the animosity and tension that his presence has created um, because my life hasn't stopped. Yeah. Uh, Are you optimistic about 2020? I am. I think that, um, you know, there's a real narrative in the media about... Um, optimism and then on the same side like a lot of uh, tensions that can boil over because of the past four years that have been yeah. so wrought with um, <coughs> yeah. disparities and, and such so but I mean I, I am optimistic um, and that's how I move through the world <laughs> yeah 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 me too I think uh, I think you know democracy has been along around long like long a lot longer than the people who you know assume power so yeah. we've always had a way of Making mistakes, but also correcting those mistakes. So yeah. I think that, you know, uh, especially with Trump, you know, making all these mistakes, I think that we will have a president now. Who the president will be, who will, who's going to win that Democratic nomination, I'm not exactly sure. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. What What's funny, <laughs> and I was talking to Will Hammond about this. Apparently, Democrat candidates are going to black barbershops <laughs> to campaign. Like they just run into the black barbershop mm-hmm. to, you know, get that black vote. Bernie Sanders have gone. Kamala Harris gone to the beauty right. shop. Um, I think Beto O'Rourke. So I just find that really, really funny. It is funny. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, that's it's. I'm glad that we're being acknowledged. <laughs> as well, but you know, who's the we? That's what. What I hate about this is that whole that myth of the black monolith. Yeah. Like, we all hang out in black barber shops. We all <laughs> go to black churches. Yeah. Or black colleges. Yeah. And like. Seriously, y'all, y'all are really talking to a minority within this minority. But yeah, y'all do that. Go ahead. 
They definitely need to do better at reaching out to the black community. So however they do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally hear it. And um, I want to say one thing. Sure. Um, we were talking about Giuliani before. Okay, so this is a yeah. shameless plug for my boyfriend. Uh, sure. Who, uh, back when we were in the East Coast, did a lot of lookalike work uh, in New York as Rudy Giuliani. Um Hmm. Tell you all about it, and then uh-huh. has appeared on TV uh, because he looks he look, like him. He looks like Giuliani. Uh, wow. Not any, not anymore. Okay. Uh, not so much. Like now, well, Giuliani has aged a great deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, he. I can see the resemblance in some of the old photos, and he like worked with a makeup artist to, um, uh-huh. you know, make his cheeks right and get his ears in the correct way. Huh, mm-hmm. Funny, so, funny, funny. So you're from New York. Yeah, we'll get more into your origin story, but uh, that's. Well, that that is interesting, and poor, you know, Giuliani. He has, I don't know, he going to jail. Yeah, yeah, but you know, he is so different from what he was when he was a mayor. I was in New York when David Dinkins was was the mayor, before Giuliani cleaned everything up, and people were just singing the praises of Giuliani. And now, I have no idea what he's what's what's going on with him. All right. So uh, here are some lists. I'm just going to go down the list and interrupt me when something tickles your fancy. Fort Worth this summer alone, six fatal shootings of black people by the mm. police, only in Fort Worth. Whoa. Amazing. And this includes the woman who was shot in her uh, house. Oh, right. Oh, man. And also in, in, and also in Fort Worth, this was the, uh, the, the guy who was killed uh, in his apartment, and the woman was found guilty, but I think served, I think it's only five years. It's a 10-year sentence, but she... Uh, she can be released on parole in Amber, five years. Yeah, yeah Amber, Amber Dyer. Dyer yeah. yeah, and we talked about her. Suicide attempts are increasing among black uh, teens. And among teens, among teens, I'd heard around across the board. Is it just, just yeah, specifically but, black? Yeah, according to CBS News, seventy-three percent of black adolescents between nineteen ninety-one and twenty seventeen mm-hmm. uh, are prone to suicide, mm-hmm. and that's really really troubling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, let's Can see. Can we revisit that play for colored girls who are Oh, there you go. Just did uh, last year. Yeah. Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth Suedos, I think, wrote wrote that. No, no, that's, no um, I'm wrong. In, in Kazaki Shange. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Kizaki there you go. Shange, and it was yeah. done at uh, Lorraine Hansberry last year. Elizabeth Carter directed it. Oh. Right. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. For colored girls, we uh, did that at Duke Ellington. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the the other play. I think it was Runaways, but it dealt oh, with the same thing. Oh, yeah, Runaways. Yes. But that was by Elizabeth Suedos. Okay, um, three boxers have died this year uh, in the ring. I saw the one, man. Yeah, Patrick I, I Day. Didn't see, I refused to see the actual hit, but yeah. I saw the story. Man, that was – Yeah. Can uh, I touch back on your first issue about sure. gun violence? Yeah. Um, so that's something I interact with in my day job every day. Uh, yeah. So – What's your day job? Uh, so I'm the – Community building team manager at a nonprofit based in Oakland called Youth Alive. Uh, cool. Our efforts are focused on prevention, intervention, and healing. Mm-hmm. Um, based in Oakland, but nationally recognized. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, way before my time, it's going to like sound like I'm important, but I'm not. Like the work the organization is doing mm-hmm. is important, but um, they uh, uh, started this model of hospital-based violence intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people are, are ch- uh, when they check check in. When, you guys are there? When they're at the hospital, mm-hmm, at the bedsides. And mm-hmm. so, um, I mean, I've been in this job since February, uh, and I'm recognizing uh, how much more prevalent this issue is than I ever realized or ever, ever chose to mm-hmm. um, interact with before. So yeah. hearing stories like that in the news, uh, it's heartbreaking. And just, I don't know, 
check out youthalive.org if it's something absolutely that you want we'll, to. We'll, put, we'll put a link in the show notes of course you know we deal with theater but you know yeah. this is a part of it and it's one of the reasons why we talk about the current events is because mm-hmm. a lot of the theater that we do reflect what, what happens outside yeah and there are new playwrights who are writing about the things that are go- that are going on and that's you know that's a very important thing I'm so glad that I don't live in let's say Chicago where it's really really bad I'm not saying that you know we live in an idyllic place here I mean we do have some violence and some issues here but it's not as bad as some of the other places so but no I think the work of youth youth alive yes is is fantastic work um Chester police uh, to arrest black kids for loitering twice. So, okay, that was going on. Cuba Gooding uh, booked for groping charges. Did you hear about this? Twelve women say that they were groped by Cuba Gooding. Did you hear about I this? I knew there was stuff. I didn't know anything had moved in the in this story. Yeah, he uh, he. there had always been rumors, but now he is officially and criminally charged. So, did that, does that shock you, Diana? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um... Show me the money. Yeah. I thought he I thought he was such a nice guy. Oh yeah. well. Oh, uh, I don't know what to make of all of this. Yeah. yeah. Uh let's see. What's the it's last thing? Joker, the Joker, the movie, is the highest grossing R rated movie of all time. Uh I saw the Joker and I was really you really liked it, right? I did. I really did like it. Of course I'm into that sort of stuff, sort of the gripping. I mean, it's very, mm-hmm. very reminiscent of Taxi Driver. And King See, of New that'll York. keep me from seeing it. <laughs> that, no, that comparison yeah. will, because Taxi yeah. Driver was a movie that I decided at that point in my life that I would avoid anything like that ever again. It it twisted my stomach so hard. Yeah, you know, I have friend, uh, as a matter of fact, our friend Lisa Kong, who mm-hmm. is a, a local playwright. Right. She talked about, I guess, the glorification of what she calls dirt. Uh, just the, mm. I guess the uh, the the the, dis, the dystopian. Um, you know, there. I, I guess the angry white man. You can mm-hmm. also say the same thing, where we sort of glorify the angry white man. We we see it in uh, Boardwalk Empire and Breaking Bad. We see it in um, the Clint Eastwood movies. You know, mm-hmm. um, where you know a, a guy, usually a white, well, especially guy, that loner. It's very much yeah, exactly very the, much loner the thing. American image of that that mm-hmm. loner who has to make their own way. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, do you have any thoughts about that, Diana, as far as just the – do we glorify violence? I mean, uh, is it a positive or a negative thing that something like the Joker – I mean, one may say, well, it show, it reflects what's happening in society. I'm suffering too, and I can relate to the Joker. Mm-hmm. Or is this sort of glorifying you know, violence, do you think? Um, that's a tough question. Um, I want to uh, ask first, like um, – what Regina King is in a new show mm-hmm. on HBO, The Watch, uh, Black and Blue, The Watchmen, I think. Oh, oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. The, based on the comic. Comics. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. so like I'm bringing that up because uh, Alex, that's that's my guy. Uh, mm-hmm. He and I watched the first episode, and oh, yeah. it, it is incredibly violent, mm-hmm. um, incredibly. And so, I mean, I hear what you're saying about violence in mm-hmm. other movies and such, um, and it's challenging. I mean, I feel like. Uh, I'm, I watch it, and there's a like the visceral part of me is like, like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You know, it instills anger and fire in me. But then, like, the well-trained and thoughtful person in me is able to like observe the impulses that come from watching something like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like any sort of really violent depictions or like violent artistic works mm-hmm. should come with coaching and parameters and lessons oh. and teaching on like 
how just because you see it doesn't mean you ought to do it. And I'm probably not the first person to say something like that. No, agree. But that's that's why I'm curious about Joker because I've heard Mm -hmm. that there are, you know, in terms of the story, that Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of stuff to give you a sense of the man, the human. Mm. Yeah. In this situation. Yeah, I just don't know what that balance is, and I'm afraid to find out. Yeah. But I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I, everybody I know who's seen it has praised it. So It's excellent writing. Um, it's funny you mentioned The uh, the Watchmen because mm-hmm. The Watchmen was written. I think Alan Moore had written it. Yeah, basically, Alan it's, Moore and uh, Dave it's, Gibbons. It's yeah. basically a dystopian it's this dystopian look of the superhero, oh, superhero genre, genre yeah. where Superman, especially Superman, Clark Kent, you know, you grew up in – uh, what is it? I, f- I forget his Kansas uh, K- uh, Kansas but but even Smallville, more than that yeah. um, Bruce Wayne not super mm-hmm. regular guy who has decided he's going to take it in his own hands to correct the world mm-hmm. by putting on a weird costume and going out and doing <laughs> violence that's right. what Watchmen captures more than anything right is right that exactly sense of somebody's decided they need to do that and then the kink thing which you just can't get away from. Who wears weird-ass costumes out in the world? <laughs> right. That's a little freaky. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, this whole notion, like, in the regular comics right now, Batman and um, and Catwoman are getting mm-hmm. married, or they're supposed to get married. I don't okay. – I so try not to follow it because I just get annoyed yeah. with those storylines. Well, the, uh, but, y- yeah. but the attraction between them has always started from that, the kink, mm-hmm. the costumes. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. they – Started up there on rooftops, and they're both in these tight fighting costumes, and and they like to fight. Sure. So when you find somebody you can actually fight with, who knows? Maybe that could it's be a turn on. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's yeah. that's all developed in that sure. way. And I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. How much do I need to see this? I story? never even thought about that. Wow. Oh, oh it's yeah. Been, it's been something that's been drawn out of that comic since. I mean, going all the way back, I don't know if before the 60s, but definitely yeah. 60s, oh. 70s, 80s, it's been touched on again and again. Mm-hmm. The comics are just going there now. They did the same thing. Superman married Lois Lane. They had a kid. Mm-hmm. They just say it's an alternative <coughs> universe because that's what I don't like about it as a, as a dedicated comic book reader. I don't want to read five years of story to have you then say, oh, no, that didn't really happen here. That was someplace Aww. else. I'm like, sure. I committed to five years of that story. And, and that's why when you gone. mentioned uh, Batman marrying uh, Catwoman, Catwoman or, or getting yeah. involved, yeah. well, Robert Pattinson's going to reboot, you know, mm-hmm. Batman. And I guarantee you that's not going to – there's going to be a new storyline. Yeah. yeah. So – but uh, it's interesting, the Joker, and then we'll get into an origin story. Mm. The Joker has an arc. Of mm-hmm. a regular guy who just wants to laugh, and he has a, a disorder where right. I think it's Tourette's, the sort of like Tourette's where he laughs uncontrollably oh. because he's had some trauma. Mm-hmm. But it goes from the nice guy who wants to have an idyllic, wonderful life. Right. But, you know, society keeps on crapping on him, and mm-hmm. so he's like, okay, well, the hell with it. I'm just going to go evil. Right. And we've, we've seen this arc before. Right. And the writing gets into. It, it really it the trajectory is is really really good, mm-hmm. but yeah I guess do we glorify violence? I mean that's something that we can like I've heard people talk about uh, Scarface yeah. and they say well Scarface is supposed to be a dystopian tor- story about how drugs right. infected the eighties, and Tony Montana is really you know right. a guy who you know gets gets it in the end. Right. But everyone wants to talk about how cool Tony is. Right. He, he is emulated. He is <laughs> exactly. admired yeah. for his power. Oh, he rappers so love powerful. him. Rappers love him, yeah. Oh, lots, yeah, lots of people. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was what I first read about the Joker before the movie had come out was just, you know, a huge critique. And then I started reading about the actual movie. And I went, oh, 
this is a lot more thoughtful than that critique. That critique is a critique of violence, mm -hmm. and this, and you're right, this sort of numbing mm -hmm. of our society to that. Because I think even worse than glorifying is just the acceptance. Exactly. That we yeah. just kind of go, oh, well, it's just the way it is. And it's like, it's no, no. There are countries all over the planet who do not have teenage teenagers being shot exactly. just randomly. Exactly. And in America, we just kind of go, oh, yeah. Oh, that this week, another kid got shot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course Wh did. Which is troubling. We've, got, we've become numb to it. We – very close, yes. Yeah. With that said, <laughs> never become numb. Hor never. Hor horrible segue. Yes, exactly. Well, let's let's stay positive. And speaking of a positive person, we have uh, Diana Jones. Um, so, how did you get involved? Well, let's start with an origin story. I want to hear the because she's mm -hmm. she's enjoying the whole three. Diana Lauren Jones. <laughs> Lauren Jones. And I want to yes. hear how you came to that. Oh, well, my mom. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I think I just liked the sound of all three of them together. Yeah, but that mean, have you always done oh. it since you were little? No. Um, okay. When I was little, I was just Diana. Yeah. Um, I, I think something about the formality of uh, learning to write in cursive and how uh. to write my full name, mm -hmm. um, I don't, that that's who I am. So yes. if I ever really do have I, to I like officially go. say it. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, no, no. It's fantastic. Diana Lauren Jones. <laughs> Are you born and raised here in the Bay? I was born and raised in New Jersey. Oh. New Jersey, Jersey yeah. girl. <laughs> Newark? No. Jersey um, City? No, I did end up in those places as well. an adult. Uh -huh. um, but I was born uh, in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Okay. Um, grew up in central New Jersey most of my life. Um, went to school, a little private school in Princeton. Uh, Very nice. Did some time in Franklin High School, the big giant public school. Mm -hmm. uh, and fell in love with theater. Um, as a kid. Wow. Siblings? Yes. I am one of four. Okay. Yeah. Are you the oldest or the youngest? I'm one of the middle. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are they Are they also involved in your siblings, involved in theater? Um, no, we're all very different, um, but we're all incredibly creative uh, in our own ways. I think creativity is just kind of a part of doing anything, really. Yeah. Um, so my sister, uh, she is a fashion, she, okay. Uh, she studied fashion marketing in undergrad and mm -hmm. then studied fashion law uh, for wow. graduate school. Oh, interesting. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Wow. So that's her thing. Uh-huh. Um, my brother, who is older than me, uh, teaches English now, I believe, in Iraq. Um, mm. He was yeah, teaching nice. English before mm -hmm. in China. Mm -hmm. um, he's creative and um, a really talented artist who doesn't do enough with it. He taught himself to do backflips and mm -hmm. write with his left hand. Like wow. That's him. <laughs> and um, then my oldest brother, um, he and his family live in, well, they lived in D.C., but they just bought a house in Virginia, uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. and he is into computer engineering. Um, Very cool. Yeah, and so that's that's us. <laughs> How did you, uh, when did you, when did you first get involved in theater? Um, as a little kid in school, um, I mean, I was in the elementary school plays and stuff. I didn't really have a choice. Um, I mean, I remember drama class in like third grade and it was super fun. And then mm -hmm. in fifth grade, we had our first, uh, it was called the fifth grade musical. Um, mm. and you didn't have a choice, <laughs> but, um, it was fun. We did mm -hmm. Adrian Pinafore. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess, I don't know, musical theater was like 
my introduction to the world of being on stage. And we did the Wizard of Oz in eighth grade. Were you Dorothy? No, I was not Dorothy. Um, <laughs> I I can carry a tune, but I'm not a singer. Um, uh, my claim to fame in eighth grade was as the gatekeeper. Um, mm, and mm-hmm. I, I had a That's faux funny. British accent. And mm-hmm. people thought, like, who's this little girl? And like, we didn't realize <laughs> she was from England. Wow. <laughs> so that was fun. Tackling a British accent when you were a kid. <laughs> That's that that's pretty ambitious pretty cool so did you did you stu- when you went to college did you study theater i did um i it took me a while uh to find something in college that made me want to stay because mm-hmm. uh, i went to college and then i left college and then i went to college and i left college mm-hmm. and um yeah i finally found some logic uh and something that made sense to me when I ended up at Mason Gross uh, School of the Arts, so mm-hmm. Rutgers Conservatory Program. Oh, very nice. So I studied there, and I was happy. Yeah. I'm always interested in technique. Uh, did you learn, like, Stanislavski or Beats and Objectives? What what sort of techniques did they have there? Um, so, I mean, for acting, we talked about the Meisner technique, and we did talk about Stanislavski and Beats and Objectives, yes. Uh, listening and responding being um, central to everything um, that I've done mm-hmm. going <laughs> from there. Um, listening was was a really, really key lesson. Yeah, I'm never, I've <laughs> just never, since I've never had direct experience with Meisner training, mm-hmm. I'm never sure what people mean when they say Meisner, except oh. I have heard that, the listening yeah. is huge. And exercises, I mean, I don't know, it might seem like nothing, but just uh, I remember an exercise where you're repeating the same thing back and forth between two people for however long the teacher thinks it takes oh. for you to actually be hearing what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really disarming. You mean like the same phrase or something. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Because yeah. how much time do we spend in life just being mm-hmm. like, hi, how are you? And right. it, it doesn't mean anything. It's like a rope. just comes out of your mouth like, a, like an impulse, but you don't mean it. So <laughs> I think, you know, the first couple years of school were definitely about breaking all of us 17, 18, 19-year-olds out of this, like, just – saying things without yeah. intentionality and the ability to listen. Yeah, I've, I've had that. I, I, I'm not I, I'm not familiar with Miser, but I've heard her the technique of, let's say, saying the, say, the same line, mm-hmm. but finding different meanings. Oh, yeah. Or try having different definitions within that, you know, just by, and it, it breaks you out of a mold. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and it does make you start hearing the other person in mm-hmm. a totally different way. You start picking up what their little idiosyncrasies are. Mm-hmm. You start responding to that. Yeah. So when did you come out to the Bay? Um, so I came out here in January. January of this year? January of 2019. Wow. So what... Well, what brought you out here? Uh, well, I've wanted to be in California for a long time. Um, I mean, after after finishing undergrad, um, you know, I was auditioning in New York uh, and on the East Coast quite a bit. Um, nothing was landing, so um, I went to grad school and, and got a master's and, and developed a different skill set, um, mm-hmm. something that I could do to support myself while still trying to figure out how to do what I love, which yeah. is acting. Um, and so in January, uh, I moved out here for a full-time job that um, lends itself more to, like, my administrative skill set and, like, um, uh, you know, public-private partnerships and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I'm noticing now that it does uh, allow me to bring in some of the things that I love about acting, which is storytelling and yeah. then, um, bringing, bringing light out of people. Uh, yeah. When you mentioned uh, the um, – the, um, 
being a uh, servicing uh, individuals who have been uh, victims of shootings and mm-hmm. things like that, do you actually talk to them, or are you more? Do you do more of the administrative stuff? Um, I do more of the administrative stuff, but I've had the um, incredible joy of getting to spend time with um, the youth leaders. Um, so one of the aspects of the the work is this um, prevention program, which is teens on target. And so I've worked with the the kids who are part of that program and I've gone to Castlemont High School to be a part of their um, after school sessions and then I I help I work with their program leader um, because they speak at evening events that we have so mm-hmm. you know I'm on a first name basis with, Very <laughs> with nice. some of these really great kids and um, I, I've met other people as well um, who've come through Youth Alive for different different supports um, so it's a lot and y- you know even even though my role is primarily on the administrative side vicarious trauma is real and to oh absolutely feel the energy of of people um, yeah. who have been hurt and impacted it's there like i breathe it and yeah try to find some light you know what's interesting and this is a question i'll ask the both of you since you both deal with and i imagine you deal with kids mm-hmm. uh, a lot um there's a um on YouTube, I, every now and then I dive into YouTube, and you know, there's always some YouTube channel that really uh, interests me. And there's a woman, Dr. Romani, I can't pronounce her last name, but she's written a book on narcissism. And her theory is that narcissism has sort of taken over, especially among the youth, where you become so calloused and you become so unfeeling that you can do things like commit violence mm-hmm. or you're just, you just don't connect as well. Hmm. Do you find that to be true or not, not really? What I find, what I think, I mean, my, my sort of take on it is um, I think kids have always been that way, and they always mm-hmm. are. That's why kids kill bugs, because yeah. they don't really have an understanding of life, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, and torture small animals, and then they become more empathetic. Um, but I think there's also a, a cultural layer that I think has been, in my lifetime, I've seen it lifted. I learned how to speak politely, partly because I had to, partly you know, through church school, mm-hmm. partly through some family stuff. But I noticed as I was growing up that wasn't – my peers weren't mm-hmm. getting all that. And I feel like now kids don't get it at all. And then once we went through the 80s with the whole stranger danger and all that, you know, you nobody has permission to touch you. Well, you're a little person, and this is an adult trying to keep you safe. I don't know that that whole nobody has permission to touch you works. I will snatch a kid back onto a sidewalk in a heartbeat rather than let them go into traffic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And anybody who thinks that I should find another way to do that, I'm like, kids can be crazy. They don't have those filters. So that's what I think it is. I don't think it's that they become more desensitized or any of that. I think that they, they don't, they're no more desensitized, I think, than they were before. Yeah, I no. think we've also come up with mm-hmm. a law and order mentality towards youth that is finally being broken. But we've been throwing kids in jail for, what, 20, 30 years? Yeah, yeah. And we're finally going, oh, maybe that's not the right solution. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've talked about the book that I always talk about, that reading, uh, All God's Children, Willie Boskett, mm. uh, the first child who was tried as an adult. Oh, right. By the way, the, uh, the uh, doctor that I was talking about, Dr. Romani Durvasula. So if anyone wants to check her out. Mm. But she her theory basically is whether it's the internet, whether it's the me, 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 mm-hmm. it's like everyone has a YouTube channel, everyone has a um, click on my links on Twitter. You know, right. get, I want to get as many likes as possible. Me, 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 right. which means I'm not focusing on you. Yes. Every, everything has to revolve around me. 
Um, do you find that? Do you find that to be a problem? I mean, because I, I imagine you deal with youths a little bit. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't think that I've dealt with kids who are thinking me, me, me. Um, I think that there are a lot more tools to be me, me, me focused yeah. than there were yeah. um, right, a long sure. time ago. Sure, sure. So, um, but I don't know. I it's definitely an effort to to build a relationship and to, to get someone to open up. Yeah, and I think theater, theater really breaks you out of that because you really can't focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. You think you're on the stage and everyone's going to applaud you, right. but really you're taking on another character and you have to connect with that other person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's across from you. Hopefully. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, sub thing that I did on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one student, and I don't have to say any names, um, but there was one student who is going through some stuff. Mm. He's going through some changes. Oh. And he's been going through some changes that I can see for about a couple of years. And everybody else has had to accommodate that. Mm. So when somebody tried to point out to him that he was just steamrolling over everybody else in a comment session, and they said, no, you always do it, and I'm tired of hearing it, and they walked out. And when they came back he said afterwards, he kind of caught her and said, I, I just needed to say when you said that that was really mean and that really hurt my feelings. <laughs> I, I just need you to hear my truth. <sighs> I'm like, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. You're really good at making sure we hear your truth. Right. You don't seem to make space for hearing anybody else's truth. Yeah, yeah. That's And that's sort of what I mm-hmm. – and, and, you know, if he wants to – I imagine, was this an each one reach one thing? or is this No, a no, I haven't done that. It, that's about to go away or something. is. There's some big changes happening, huh. you know, because you yeah. know they're dismantling Juvie. So, oh, God, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's going to change. But no, but my point really was yeah. out of two classes of kids, so like, you know, 50, 60 kids, mm-hmm. one has that problem. The other kids are, and part of that is a way to kind of filter who's going to be good in theater and who isn't. Right. Yes, there are those fantastic individuals who are just me-focused, and Mm -hmm. they are yet so incredibly fantastic Mm -hmm. that we don't care. Yeah. Mostly, we need people who can integrate, who can check in, who can be in the same story, be in the same world, Mm -hmm. connect with their scene partners. We have to believe you're in love or that you hate somebody or whatever it is. We have to believe that. It's not just that you can show us love or show us hate. Mm -hmm. It has to connect to the other person on stage. So I love, as we go through this experience with this student, I want to give the feedback that this student has, you know, these years are wasted for this student in terms of education. Maybe this personal journey, this is going to be fruitful and will uh, land somewhere yeah. someday, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But I think as far as theater, until that all gets solved, this guy is not – I would never hire this guy. Mm-hmm. I would never recommend this guy. I yeah. couldn't even tell you how to cast him yeah. because I can't get him through anything without him having to stop and reconfigure it so that it, you yeah. know, it accommodates his needs. Yeah, if he can't connect with others, then you know what's the use? And maybe yeah. this is this will show him. Oh, maybe this is not the thing for me. But I'm thinking, but everybody else yeah. does do it. So again, to say this generation, um, I agree with you. They mm-hmm. have more opportunities for that kind of focus. Sure. I don't know that they're any less capable of empathy than than anybody has ever. No, been. I think everyone's everyone is capable of empathy, and and but I also think that you know, as children, we are carnal, and of course, we want to right. focus on ourselves. And it takes an education. It takes and, our parents and the to training is gone now. I, I would say that, yeah. Yeah, but back to Diana. Um, how did you connect with um, when you first came here? Did you know there was a theater community? I mean, did you? 
I mean, I I knew it existed, but I didn't I didn't know where to go or where to mm-hmm. you know where to start. Yeah. Really, um, I knew TBA. You know, everyone was right. like TBA, TBA. And yeah, I'm like, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like well, what? Are, what is this? How do I? Start, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, How did you connect with um, um, Play Cafe? Good question. Um, I think. Uh, I went to something in San Francisco and then um, learned about it. Maybe Alex found out about it first. Um, my memory is kind of foggy, but did I the boat? Did the two of you come together? We did. Yep, we moved out here together. Okay, um, great. Yeah. What brought y'all out? Um, I mean, so um, you know, we met in New York uh, mm-hmm. in a theater group, and when I got this job opportunity, um, he was willing to come with me. Um, he has family out here, mm-hmm. and so it was an, an adventure that we were willing to take together. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And so mm-hmm. um, we went to, oh, we went to Play Cafe the first time because Alex was having one of his plays read, and he wanted, having never been before, he was like, will you read one of the roles in my mm-hmm. play? Because mm-hmm. I know you. And <laughs> so I went, and, um, you know, that night, there weren't a lot of other actors there, so it ended up being a really great um, opportunity for me to read uh, a couple other plays. Um, I just got really used up in a good way that good, night. Yeah. No, that's fantastic, and it sounds like you had a wonderful uh, experience. And you work with Norman. Yes. Um, Norman and I read a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Full-length uh, screenplay. Okay. And you were actually a last-minute replacement, right? Yes, I was. Well, yeah, they actually found, like, a first they had a 12-year-old to play the role of a 12-year-old. Um, and I was going to read, you know, like a guidance counselor or something like mm-hmm. that. But then the 12-year-old had 12-year-old things to do. Right. And being that I have some increased autonomy, I <laughs> was able to get myself there to play a 12-year-old. Mm. Oh, you're the 12-year-old. Oh, uh, that's yeah. cool. Just yeah. a reading, so... But it, it was a really But it was nice. Part. And then the next time we did a read, I was like, wow, <laughs> you're playing with – the next thing that we read was a very complicated mm-hmm. play where there were different facets to each character. Mm-hmm. And so that needed to be some pretty clear choices to represent yeah. who they were and how – Oh, you thought you knew this about the character. Here's another layer. Here's mm-hmm. another layer. And you were able to navigate that so beautifully. Thanks. Oh, so fantastic. You too. So since you've been here, I'm, I'm sh- uh, there's a big difference between East Coast and West Coast. Have you, are you happy with being in the Bay? I mean, what differences do you see? Yeah, were you doing theater back east? Um, I was part of a group, and I was auditioning more than I was working. Mm-hmm. Um, auditioning more than I was playing. Yeah, it um, sounds like work. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was work. Um, yeah. I, I auditioned for the role of Hermione for uh, Harry Potter on Broadway before before we moved out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Iago in um, Othello oh, nice. uh, at a theater in Brooklyn called The Brick. Uh, that was cool. Mm-hmm. So, And then I was in the ensemble of Julius Caesar, um, the public theater's Shakespeare in the Park, uh, that version a few summers ago where mm-hmm. Caesar looked like uh, Donald Trump. Um, mm-hmm. When you were talking <gasps> about protests earlier, yeah. that was. Wait a minute, you were in that? I was, yeah. I was, so I was in the in extended ensemble, which mm-hmm. is like all the non union actors right. who like, get to be spear carriers mm-hmm. and are like, this is my chance. Right, like, right. So. Yeah, we <laughs> heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was in that. And when you were talking about people, you know, protesting the uh, production here, like right. that happened. I right. De- multiple nights. Um, right. It sounded, it sounded like it became, kind of became part of the show, which. 
just but, fascinating. Yeah, and scary at the same time. No like doubt. People, you really don't know what a person is going to do, especially mm-hmm. when they disagree. Uh, mm-hmm. And but I'm and misunderstand the production. That exactly. would be a hilarious thing. It's yeah. Like, you apparently don't know this story. Julius Caesar dies, and the conspirators end up having a bad end. This is a story Ex- about not taking somebody exactly. down. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, Brutus is the one who kills, and right. know, that's the, you know, like, does the, do the end is just by the means. Right. You know, that's right. really the story of right. Julius Caesar. Yeah. No, Whether you agree so with that or that's not. That's amazing. Yeah. Yay. So hey. that was cool. Lots mm-hmm. of TV auditions. I think um, coming out here, I feel like I'm finding myself more, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think work will come because I figured out. You were definitely and you were just coming work, from yeah. an audition today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what company? Uh, Bread and Butter Theater Company. Okay. I never heard that one. I think I've heard of them, but we were saying as I picked her up and mm-hmm. asked her, um, I was like, you know, it's, it's always one of the challenges is you always have to stay current. So mm-hmm. you can't just go, oh, yeah, I know. Like, I know Custom Made. I know Custom Made from when Custom Made was a little tiny theater company mm-hmm. kicking out some shows. Mm-hmm. Now Custom Made puts out these seasons and every now and again gets national attention. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, that that changed. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I hadn't heard of this, folks. I think I barely heard of them. But, you know, doing – and the other thing I was saying was doing new material. There's so many opportunities for doing new material that, unfortunately, the people with money <laughs> – you know that's a small subset for a union actor it's very very few folks that are going to hire me to do their brand new play mm. and i'm like okay well that's okay y'all don't have any money anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no i think you'll definitely find work i mean if you can and play cafe is a wonderful place because you know you yeah. do the readings and all of a sudden other people are like hey you know you read for my thing as a matter of fact i'll be reading for a play on monday mm. um cool. i think i worked with the playwright no, it was the Playwright Center for San Francisco. But it's one oh, of those right. things yes. where... That's okay. on the list of uh, shout-outs, yeah? Right, right, Great. exactly. And um, I did a reading for a play. It was uh, a year ago. Mm-hmm. She remembered me. Right. And was like, hey, I, want, I need you again. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, awesome, yeah. So there you go. And all you need is 10 organizations like that, and you can have a career. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? What do you see yourself in the future, Diana? Do you want to stay in theater? Do you want to, I don't know, be in the movies or whatever? Do you want to go to L.A.? Yes, yes, and yes <laughs> to all of those uh-huh. questions. Um, yeah, I mean, right now I am focused on digging deeper and working on more theater here. I want to do more film work. And, yeah, uh, I would like to go to L.A. Mm-hmm. That's the dream. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, th- there's so many opportunities. And everyone, you know, like we have friends like Wiley Herman. He started out – you know, doing just the theater thing, and now he's—I uh, think he was in what was the uh, the movie um, Boots Riley? Um, oh, um, sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. So you it's can get your, you can get your start, you know, doing the theater here, and then you know elevate yourself up. So it's not impossible at all. All right, we're getting close to the hour mark. We've got about six minutes. Uh, shout-outs. birthdays. Yeah, I know, oh. and I feel so bad. We will get back on a regular schedule now, and I won't be skipping weeks. Because I tried once to get two weeks' worth of birthdays, and that's just too long a list. So I'm just doing one week. The Mm -hmm. coming week of birthdays. Today, um, is that the top of the list? There it is. Emily Austin is somebody I know. Emily Morrison Austin. Um, I met her at Cal Shakes. Um, Didn't realize that she was an actress. She turns out she is an actress. Um, Teacher, director, um, she also happens to be married to Michael, and I have to send you dates 
um, for when we can get Michael Austin on her oh, husband. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, he yeah. was in um, uh, As You Like It With Me this summer. So anyway, today is Emily's birthday. And Richard Side, if you don't know Richard Side, then you aren't doing training in the Bay Area because he is considered to be the best of the um, individual teachers in the Bay Area. He actually goes back and forth between here and L.A. And you pay a lot of money to work with him. But the people who do it say he's worth it. Anyway, his birthday. Um, coming up this week, Aaron Wilton, um, who I always think of as a young actor, but it turns out I've known Aaron for close to 20 years now. And uh, he had auditioned for me. He still looks like a young man as far as I'm concerned. Um, Sarah Caviar is somebody I went to high school with, and we met through um, high school theater. Her birthday's coming up. Carlos Barone, on the other end of the spectrum, is uh, was one of the professors at San Francisco State, um, is from Chile originally, and may actually be down there right now. There's all the, You didn't mention that in your current events. Oh. These incredible protests that are happening right now. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, insane. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Carlos, um, I know as a uh, director and uh, theater maker, but I've also seen him on stage. And I don't know that we've actually worked together as actors, but... Anyway, Michael Patrick Gaffney is an actor whose name I've known because he's one of those three named actors <laughs> um, in the Bay Area Theater forever. But again, I don't think we've ever worked together, but he's definitely a name I pay attention mm-hmm. to. Uh, Evie Abat is a young, well, when I first hired her, was a young Filipina who I hired to do a Jeannie Baroga's play. Um, Buffalo? No, Banyan. Banyan, okay. Yep. Uh, James Carpenter. We're going to talk about Bay Area Theater. Did you see beautiful piece in the Chronicle, and I reposted it, and a bunch of people did, because it's just a love letter to Bay Area actors. It talks about the amazing actors that we have, and James Carpenter, there's a picture of James Carpenter. It was like, of course there is, because if you wanted to define the best of Bay Area theater, and you didn't mention James Carpenter, you'd be making a mistake. Oh, right His on. birthday is coming up. Um, Karen Schleifler, Schleifler. Um, was my stage manager on As You Like It this summer, new mm-hmm. to the Bay Area, but she has become the production manager at uh, San Francisco Shakes. So Very nice. Yeah. Happy to be here. Andy Trindle is somebody I worked with when I did my first uh, Fugard. Um, uh, she and Ian Walker mm-hmm. um, and Manu Mukasa, we did uh, My Children, My Africa. Okay. And she has gone on, I can't remember the name of her company, but she had a little company I think she had a baby, and I think she came back to the States, but I'm not sure. I mean, that wasn't that long ago. Molly Noble is somebody I think of as my birthday twin because <laughs> we get mm-hmm. to celebrate October together. Uh, but her birthday's coming up this week. She is a director, beautiful, a director and a talent teacher and talented actress. And she was running, she was <coughs> part of a group running a company called Porchlight Theater. And they were over, if you know, um, over in Marin, uh, Ross. Uh, there's um, Ross Valley Players, yeah, yeah, yeah. The garden center that they use, mm-hmm. um, the porch light would do an outdoor show there, and they were doing these checkoff pieces that were just oh, wow. so gorgeous, very nice, um, and really well put together. Molly is brilliant mm-hmm. and and very modest um, and very political as a theater artist. You don't always find that she's somebody who's very much an activist. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to solve the world's problems using theater, and I'm like, yes, there please you go. do that. Heidi Hernandez Getty, um, I met as a director and a stage manager, and she I haven't worked with her in forever, but uh, if you remember when the war was starting, when we started the Iran War, mm-hmm. Iraq War, um, 
2003, uh, there was a Lysistrata project that was done, not just across the country, but across the globe, hmm. where people did readings and productions of Lysistrata to say, please don't do this. Hmm. Heidi was my director when we got to do that, so I will always remember her for that. And Belly, Belly Sullivan is an actor. Um, she works a lot with the African American Shakespeare Company. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a brilliant comedian, um, but you know, a comic actor comedian. She mm-hmm. is just so quick and so her timing is amazing. Her mm-hmm. mind is so fast, and um, she's been dealing with some health issues. But I think she's feeling pretty good these days, and you know, right on time for her birthday. Right so that's on. my list. My list uh, is a little bit uh, shorter. Um, <laughs> Priya Gaidin. Priya Gaidin. Oh, uh, yeah, she turned 50. She turned 50. I had no idea. I knew she was older, but I don't know if she ever told us her age. Amazing. I think she did, and I one of the things I want to compliment her on is that she does the thing I do. This is what this looks like. It's yep. like, don't <laughs> tell me I look younger. Recognize how hot. <laughs> and trust me, she does She's look hot. really, really hot at 50 yes. years old. Um, okay, so that's her birthday. And also, it was her son, because she celebrated. Oh, I didn't realize. Her I son. knew they were celebrating together. I didn't realize. Oh, right. Yeah, five. Five, yeah. yeah. Right, yep. five and 50. Yep. <laughs> um, so, and also, so her birthday was Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Tuesday, Alex Frankel, that's someone who I really want to get on. He was uh, an actor. I worked with him. It was... Um, the uh, Texas Chainsaw Musical. Uh, I'm doing my hand like this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And ironically enough, you know, uh, Halloween's right around the corner. And right. so um, Alex Frankel, his birthday, fantastic singer. I believe he's an opera trained. Wow. But he played the um, – it's funny. The I've got to get uh, Corey Bytoff. He's the one who wrote uh, Texas Chainsaw Musical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, – it's it's one of those things where Eddie you think is the uh, the chainsaw, but he's he's like a faux villain. There's like a okay. real villain. Okay. It's like if you saw um, uh, what is it? A Friday the Thirteenth. Oh. You think uh, Jason is the real villain, but it's actually the mother. <laughs> oh no! I, I you never knew. You, you never saw it. Spoiled it. it. Dang. It's only been forty years. Only been forty five years. <laughs> but in any case, he plays the surprise villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any case, his birthday is Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, Mariana Wolf. I had her on while you yeah. were away. Yeah. She is a was a um, a band leader, a sort of a uh, conductor. Oh. And she was a longtime conductor for the Douglas Morrison Theater. Oh, wow. Before. Uh-huh. They changed um, management and all that right. sort of stuff. And so we had a wonderful conversation on the, I think it was the episode before last, mm-hmm. on the A. And so her birthday is Wednesday. And uh, the last person is Aaron Hahn. He is a playwright and an actor. Excuse me, I worked with him. Uh, we did Lifetimes 3 mm-hmm. uh, by Yasmina Reza. And uh, that was a couple mm. of years ago at the, uh, one of the last, uh, almost. EastEnders? W- uh, no, not EastEnders. Oh. Um, off Broadway West. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. So and that was at the Phoenix. Mm. And so hi, yeah, his birthday is uh, Thursday, which is Halloween. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, some shout outs. Absolutely. Can I? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I want to shout out uh, Bruce Avery and Lana Palmer and the Bread and Butter Theater Company for Yay. a really enjoyable audition experience today. Yay. Uh, I also want to shout out. Um, the 10 to 12 people listening who I may have actually met 
And I also want to shout out the listeners who I hope to someday meet in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. And shout and out to you. And you too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also uh, your boyfriend. What's what's his name? Alex Alex playwright. Adams. Yeah. Adams. I didn't know if that was like too much. I want to no, shout no, out no, Alex no, no, no. Adams for Maybe helping one of these me days hold we'll down. have him on because he, you know if he's pl- if he's submitting his plays yeah. in the theater, then he's part of the, the community. Dude, yeah, that'd be definitely. sweet. That's a great idea. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. By the way, what what sort of plays? What type of plays does he write? Uh, he is so creative uh, and. So he's working um, right now on finishing a piece called No, I Need You about a woman who is a journalist in a really small town and whose husband uh, disappears um, and we need to find out where he is. Now, this woman has had an affair with the priest in the town and suspects that perhaps the priest murdered her husband. Mm. The husband comes back, but is he a ghost? Is he a zombie? I don't know. Um, He has a really zany look at life. He's written plays (laughs) about Russian ballerinas uh, and Hmm. set in Brighton Beach who are, you know, that are like against a backdrop of this current political climate. He's written um, some pretty interesting shows addressing his personal life and he's working on his uh, very first solo piece oh. um, yeah set in 1978 and um, talking about like all of the bullies that were uh, populating the world mm-hmm. then mm. and, um, yeah he's a wow. cool guy and where are they now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no no that is fantastic guy. and uh, please you know if he wants to come on the show we'd love to have him on Alex I hope you're listening there you go <laughs> shows Particle of Dread Oedipus yeah. Variations. It's uh, Sam Shepard's last play. Uh, it's being done by Anton Zwell. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I know Bruce is in this. You know somebody? Bruce else? Avery, who I oh, met today. Oh, yeah. Um, and it yeah runs through uh, November 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping I get to see it. I'm, I I almost thought about going tonight, and I'm like, I just need to I need to focus. So yeah. I'm not going to do that. And mid- Midsummer, right? Uh, we should pump Midsummer that. Um, is coming up in a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks from today. Actually, it's weird, our schedule. Mm-hmm. So the Saturday, two weeks from now, we mm-hmm. are not having a show. We open on the Friday. We'll have a Sunday matinee. We will not have a Saturday show because they have found mm-hmm. that it doesn't sell. That's their experience is that that second, you know, you open and then that second night is one of the lightest nights. Interesting. And okay. it's really kind of mm-hmm. disappointing for the actors. Yeah. So um, so that was that. Um, and then I've got a bunch of different things. Um, not bloody, bloody. Bloody, bloody. <laughs> Andrew Jackson. Andrew no, that's Jackson. gone already. Yeah. I deleted oh, is it? that. Yeah. Okay. Nick, Nick Mandrake, he was in that. One of our guests. Um. I wanted you to, to yeah, uh, the Lady quick. Matadors Hotel at okay. Central Works. Okay. Yeah, if you've got if you've got some, jump in. Um. Bright Star Contra Costa Civic Theater is doing that. Uh, I have no idea what it is, but it opened October the fourth. It ends tomorrow. Paul Plain is in that. He and I were in. Um, uh, what is that? Uh, Madrid, please, my mama. Uh, um, Woman on the Verge. Woman on the Verge. Oh, right ah. <laughs> <laughs> sing the song too. Right. To it was nice. To it. <laughs> yeah, but in any case, yeah, he's doing Bright Star at the CCCT. Mm-hmm. Did you have one? Um, uh, Three Girls Theater um, is doing a salon reading series, and I know somebody who's in it, but I can't think who it is. Oh. I feel a little guilty. Dance Nation is uh, happening. Wow, I heard an interview about that. Yeah. It sounds so amazing. So the, sh- the premise of the show is that it's a group of 13-year-olds? I believe so. No, it's a group of uh, 
middle school student uh, kids, mm -hmm. except that it's all played by adult women. And the script, the playwright specifically said that the oldest person plays the youngest <laughs> character. Ah. So Julia um, sorry. Brothers uh -huh. is playing a 13-year-old uh -huh. or, or some or 10-year-old, something like that. Yeah. And um, so the play apparently just doesn't live in just the world of that, mm -hmm. but goes through their lives. Yeah, life it touches on their stuff, life yeah. experiences, mm -hmm. even though we keep coming back to this time of, of yeah. this youth. Crystal Piamonte Jung is in that, mm. and we've interviewed her. Yeah, I, it sounded very tempting. Yeah, that runs until November the 9th. Uh, also, Next to Normal, uh, Plethos, they are doing that. I just pulled that up. Yeah. <laughs> November the 8th through the 24th. Michael Dorado, our good friend, is in that. Oh, that's right. You did say that. Yep. Damn. Can't see everything. Uh, were you going to pump the uh, PCSF Best Short Plays? Oh, no, we can do that. Playwright Center for San Francisco, they have their annual. This is something they do annually. They bring in uh, budding playwrights, and they work on their one-act plays, and the audience can vote on who, which play is the best or which one they really like. And so this is the grand finals, I believe. Uh, I don't have the dates for that. Okay. And that's at the Shelton Theater. And just randomly, Smokey Robinson is coming to town. That's oh, weird. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good old yeah, I, I don't have. Um, <laughs> I don't that have is that. Uh, also, I want to um, pump uh, the Phoenix Theater. The Phoenix Theater is, oh, right. is, I think, in their, I wonder how many years. It's been about 34 years. 30 yeah, yeah, 34 like years. Yeah. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, Linda Ayers Frederick is having some financial issues with the theater. Right. Uh, I guess the rent landlord, has just yeah. gone up. Yep. So. There is a fundraiser for the Phoenix, and uh, I've been in the Phoenix. I've been on the stage. I've stage managed for mm -hmm. the Phoenix. Um, I can think of three companies that were I've involved with the Phoenix Theater. I think uh, Water Buffalo, which was back in 1999, mm. all the way to uh, I think the very last thing I did was the birthday party, mm -hmm. which is the Harold Pinter piece, mm -hmm. which won the uh, the TBA. Um, we had um, Celia Maurice who won Best Actress for TBA mm. for the birthday party. That mm -hmm. was at the Phoenix. So the Phoenix, I mean, my theater life has been pretty much at the Phoenix for so many years, and so I would hate to see that go away. Right. So if you have um, a little bit of money, doesn't take much, you know, if you can contribute to the, uh, the Phoenix, that would be great. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, Diana, did you have a wonderful time? Hopefully. Absolutely. <laughs> I had a fantastic time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. I'm, I'm so happy. Um, before I, uh, it's, this has nothing to do with theater, but did you know that Kincaid's is, uh, is closing? You did mention it, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned it's it last time. It's so sad. I mean, I just hate to see, <laughs> I guess this is life. They, they charge I, too much money. I can't, <laughs> and I first became aware of them because they used to be the place where the Oakland movers and shakers used to hang out. I guess they don't hang out there anymore. Oh, I guess but so. Like Jerry Brown would go there, and, mm -hmm. um, who was the one, Parada, he thought he was going to be, uh. He thought oh. he was going to be mayor. Oh, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, the landscape is changing. I just have to deal with it. That's, yeah. that's what it is when you're There'll you be know, new you spots. There'll be there'll better there'll spots. There'll be new spots. Let's see. Hopefully better. <laughs> All righty. So you can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app really on any app that you listen to your podcast. We're also on Spotify. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're an old stogie like me and you listen to your podcast on a laptop or a desktop, those things that kids don't use anymore. Right. You can listen to us on iTunes. Just click on the store, open up the search engine on the upper right-hand side. You can search for the A. You'll find us. If you're an Android user, you can use uh, SoundCloud.com. Go on that website or just download the SoundCloud app and you will find us. 
BA was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. You can find me at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Diana, do you have a uh, – you use Twitter, Snapchat, anything? No, like I'm, don't use Twitter. Don't use Snapchat. Uh, look me up on LinkedIn, Diana Lauren Jones. Link, there it is, Diana Lauren Jones. LinkedIn and also Facebook. Facebook, sure. Uh, or dianalaurenjones.weebly.com. Weebly. Oh, Weebly. W-E-E-B-L-Y. Yeah, not yet paying from a website. There you go. <laughs> All righty. And we've we got to find a better, better sign-off. And we've